National Football League Talk every Tuesday with Bo Marchand. Covering the NFL Draft at collegetopro.com and the NFL Draft Bible. Covering the Steelers for Sports Illustrated. Living and running in Eastern Ohio and on Twitter X at Bo Marchand. Here's Bo with Bryant, Brett, and Jay Morgan. Bo Marchant joins us now to talk the NFL. And Bo, I want to start with the game that I was kind of looking most forward to over the weekend, the Bills and the Dolphins. Do you think we gave up on the Bills too early after that Week 1 loss against the Jets? Kind of their only primetime game so far the season. But since that game, they're outscoring opponents 123-33. to Did we give up uh, on them a little too early this year? Yeah, I mean, I gave up on them when we were doing our uh, playoff yeah, teams. Yeah. I think I had the Jets and the Dolphins, and then I, I kind of penciled in the Bills somewhere as, as an afterthought. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Josh Allen and played really bad week one in New York. But since that That's time, who we gave up on. That's a good yeah, point, Brett. Yeah, but we gave up on him, and he's he's been phenomenal. But I, I, I think Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, I think a lot of credit should go. I mean, one, Allen's playing superb, but they really have an identity now by running the football more and using James Cook as a as another element of the offense. So many times we saw it in New York that night when they lost. It was Josh Allen trying to do every single thing on every single play. And I, I think what we've seen the last three weeks is, you know, James Cook is becoming an extension of, you know, the good things Josh Allen's can do and now it takes a little bit of you know that pressure off so you know he can be the best he can be and he can allow that running game to kind of flourish and the defense has played great shut down a hot Miami team really really kind of slapped that team or you know put that slap that team right in the face and uh big win for the Bills that's a message to everybody in the AFC that uh mm-hmm. you know what you might have to go through Orchard Park once again to uh, get to the uh Super Bowl via the AFC side yeah yeah you're only right. one team only one team gets a bye in the, I think the battle for AFC one seed and that bye, it, it, it may be everything. And then, then you're hosting everything at home. You almost have to get that. Yeah. They're, they're, they're hot. They are red hot. And I, I, I think we did it. At least I know I did. Uh, you know, you, you know, there was so much hype the last couple seasons. You know, they were just on the precipice of getting to the Super Bowl. Last year, that you know, the Bengals kind of snuck in and took their thunder. We know the Chiefs are the Chiefs, mm-hmm. so they kind of got, I guess, out in the cold. You know, they're Buffalo. They're like, all right, you had your run, but now they're here, and I don't think there's any pressure on them. I mean, the pressure's on Cincinnati and Joe Burrow getting healthy, and then the Chiefs are going to have their pressure just because they're defending Super Bowl champs. And then you have Buffalo, and right now, I think they're they're not flying under the way. I mean, radar. I mean, we opened up the show talking about how well they're playing, but I think going into this. Yeah, we consider them one of the top teams, and they were going to be in the you know in the mix. But you know, after four weeks, you know they're great. I, I will say this though, you know we've seen this a couple times out of Buffalo. You know, this was the same team last year. I know the Demar Hamlin thing really set that team in a weird way at the end of the season, and I, I would never fault anyone for not being able to kind of recover that what they had to go through with a teammate. But they were never the same team. But you know, mm-hmm. we've seen them at this point a couple times where they're the most dominant team. But somehow, one way or another, when it comes playoff time, they just kind of can't get over that hump. 
Yeah. Well, talking about the Bills and, and the Chiefs, uh, I want to ask you about the Jets because we know the Jets got that win in, in week one. Um, but really, uh, a lot of people have been talking about Zach Wilson and this team since then with Aaron Rodgers out. A lot of uh, criticism coming to Zach Wilson. Do you think we, we kind of saw the start of, of the turning of that offense and that team in a loss uh, Sunday night against the Chiefs? I mean, Zach Wilson looked really good. That offense looked good. They couldn't get the job done. But do you think we're we're starting to maybe see that turning point for Zach Wilson? No. I'd love to say mm. we did, but there's a reason why he's 8-17. and 17. There's yeah. a reason why he was the, you know, listen, he was the second pick of the draft a couple years ago. He's going to have nights where it does come together. What we saw against the Chiefs, that was one of those nights. Critical fumble at the end, and when it really got yep. tight, they couldn't push the ball. I think the same thing, you know, we could say that about Justin Fields. Great game, but, you know, as it came down and that game got tight 20-28 against the Broncos, he had a fumble. He had an interception. Those are the when it when it you know he, did he play well? Yes, he did. But again, can he do it next week and the week after that and consistently? And th- and that's why you know these guys are professionals. I I, I kind of joke around like Shaquille O'Neal was never a free throw shooter, but there might be a night yeah. somewhere <laughs> along the way where he would go eight for eight from the free throw line. What a he night that be. Yeah. Yeah, and we would talk. He, did he he'd bank the him in. Yeah, and the next, you know, in the next night, say in Sacramento, he would go, you know, six for eighteen from the line. And I think that's what we saw in Zach Wilson. Is you know, did he play great? Yes. Is he going to have moments where he does play well? He will. I just think the the latter will be more, you know, more pitfalls in ahead of New York. You know, but hey, he rebounded great. Uh, Monday Night Football prime time. I, I can't take away his effort. But nonetheless, I I'm one game. You know, listen, we've had. A, you know, there's a reason why they they spent the money they did to bring in Aaron Rodgers. You know, this was because they thought he could turn the corner. But he played great. Uh, you know, uh, Hackett, the the OC. Um, you know, they passed the ball. Um, but still, you know, they they got Cook, they got Brees Hall. The ground game still. It, you know, it's just a weird team. They're searching for an identity. But I I don't think by any stretch of the imagination that. Uh, Monday night was a sign that Wilson has turned this corner, and and you know this is going to be a, you know a brand new I guess a mm. what a a budding star in New York That's you know bad. as we watch uh, Rogers on the sidelines. But we're in a time where we like to talk about saving the receipts. Everybody remembers <laughs> what was said. When does Baker Mayfield get to cash in some of those receipts he saved? He, his touchdown to interception ratio seven to two, or the numbers are seven to two. Uh, they're they're three and one. Uh, pretty pretty good play from Baker. What he's doing against man to man defense, he's just shredding. Yeah, you know that's a great take. You talk about you talk about writing somebody off, or at least I did, and that entire team. And if I mm-hmm. if I could have put. A wager down, I would have said Kyle Trask would have at least had a start because Baker Mayfield was unable to succeed uh, by this point. We're only four games in, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are three and one. And as you mentioned, seven touchdowns, two interceptions. He's taking care of the ball. Nearly seventy percent of his passes are being completed. That's a career high for him uh, in terms of uh, his you know previous what six, seven, eight years in the NFL. So. Uh, kudos to him. Uh, Mike Evans, I don't know how long he'll be out, but nonetheless, uh, he's the focal point. I know I did some numbers on him last week. Uh, you know, they have a great, great uh, rapport down there. Uh, he's finding him a lot, and they're finding success. But it, it's weird. And Brett, how many times have we discussed when, when Baker's at his best, he's always in the worst situation, it, it appears. And, and once he gets over that hump and the adversity kind of 
uh, isn't there. And it, he could, I guess if he could just go to the stadium without any cares, I think that's when the trouble begins. But when he's in these particular things, just like last year, those right when he got to Los Angeles and played a couple of games with the Rams, I mean, that night he stepped in for the Rams the first night. Like, wow, where was this guy in Carolina? But nonetheless, He had to do uh, it to get a deal for yeah. this year. Yeah. yeah, he did. And he he beat out Trask. And, uh, you know, I, again, I, I don't know how long it will last. You know, we've seen this again with Baker. He can, he, can, he can stack some games, but then things start to go south and, you know, unravel. And, and you know, we, we see the Baker Mayfield that, you know, kind of gets himself into trouble. And he is, the, you know, the one that does throw, you know, the INTs. But, you know, as long as he protects the ball and they continue to do what they're doing, I mean, and we know the NFC South isn't, you know, it's a, it's a bad division. And right now with a 3-1 and one record, when you're looking across the, you know, a winless Panthers team, Atlanta has no game. Uh, you know, the Saints, you would like to think with Derek Carr, uh, you know, he should have never played last week, by the way, but, um, you know, they'll, they'll probably be a little tighter as week goes on. But I, I think you could count Atlanta and at Carolina out right now just because they have no passing game. But we wrote off Baker Mayfield and we wrote him off and, and coupled him with Johnny Manziel. That, that was horribly unfair. And I was as guilty of it as anyone. Yeah, well, yeah, Johnny Manziel. Uh, I don't know if I ever did. But he—he's he, he's not Johnny Manziel. Yeah. Now I am no, scared about the not. Buccaneers' open date this weekend. And Bryant and I were just talking about the Red River Shootout between OU and Texas. You know he'll be there. Ooh, please behave, please behave, <laughs> Baker. Don't blow, don't blow it at Red River. Uh yeah. I didn't even think like, about yeah. that. Yeah, very, very true. Yeah, I think he was the game. hero the year I went. He put on a show. That's when I fell in love with him. <laughs> uh, I thought he was fantastic. I mean, I, I know he was my number one quarterback coming out that year. So, uh, but then again, again, you know, we all hit or miss on guys. Uh, you know, I, I didn't like Manziel at all. I love Baker Mayfield. Uh, so, you know, sometimes you win. Um, you you know, begged me not to love Johnny like I did, and I wouldn't listen. I love him. <laughs> That's great. Me and Jerry uh, Jones. Yeah, like you know, collegiately. I mean, how can I mean collegiately? And there's so many talented guys that play college football. But, I mean. One, I mean, for him to go to Alabama or, you know, them to beat Alabama the way he did as a friend, I mean, that's stuff alike. Oh, that cotton bowl he had against yeah, OU. Yeah, the cotton bowl. Yeah, I mean, those, that's the stuff. That, you know, if you're a fan of, you know, if you're just a fan of the game, you, you cannot fall in love with the way the way he played and the way, you know, just the charisma and everything. And but and that's also the, you know, that's, that's the fun side of it. You know, uh, great players, great teams, they can rub you the wrong way. They can make you, you know, love them or hate them, and that's that's the fun thing about fandom. You know, uh, why I, the I knew we had trouble. Yeah, I, I knew we had trouble with Johnny when he got kicked out of the Manning Passing Academy <laughs> as a counselor. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Brett, we'll have to have a private conversation one day. You know, there, there there's so many fun stories that come out of that Manning camp that you've never, never, never are told. Not nothing crazy, but just uh, some of the chaotic things that you're like, wow, I did, I did not know that happened. <laughs> yes. Great. Talking to Bo Marchand about the NFL. And, uh, Bo, uh, did we learn absolutely anything from the uh, Bears-Broncos game this weekend? Well, uh, I mean, well, I, I think the the, the Bears, they, I mean, they exposed the, the, the Broncos' defense. Yeah. I mean, that game was, you know, I mean, you allowed 70, and then right off the cuff you allow another 28 to a a Bears team that hasn't been able to find the the end zone much, but so they remain winless. And then, you know, on the flip side, uh, 
you know, Russell Wilson and company found a way to win. And if Justin Fields avoided those, you know, the, the fumble, I think the late fumble and an interception, you know, they're probably able to kind of, you know, get their first win and, and, and have the Broncos, the team that, you know, sits winless after four weeks of league play. But, you know, it's, you know, they're both teams looking. I, I don't think Russell Wilson's done. Uh, the defense is in shambles uh, for in Denver. And, and then, and, and I, I think for Chicago, and this is just outside of everything, you know, we, we focus on Justin Fields because he's the quarterback, but, you know, with uh, just the internal things in terms of, you know, the D.C., uh, you know, leaving in the season. Chase Claypool isn't in the house right now. I mean, they gave up a second-round pick for him last year. So I think there's so many things going on internally that, uh, you know, just to say, hey, you know, this is Fields' fault, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, you know that, that Bronco, the Bears' defense gave up 31. And, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter, they gave up a ton of points. So there's a, there's a lot of shame to be, you know, had on that Chicago defensive side of the ball, too, to say, hey, you know what, Fields did give you the lead. He put you in a position to win the game. But, you know, they were unable to do that. And, you know, they allowed 31 points in the, you know, Towards the you know, what? How many points in the fourth quarter? Almost like what, twenty-eight? Yeah, or twenty-one. That was a was bad fourth quarter for the Bears. It was a bad fourth quarter. But what do you make of this situation uh, f- uh, with Justin Fields and Chase Claypool? I mean, we hear rumors before this weekend about if, if things don't change soon that that they're going to look to trade Justin Fields. Chase Claypool is. We get the kind of conflicting reports that he didn't show up, and then we hear that he was told not to show up. And, and I mean, it's just a weird situation in Chicago. What do you what do you make about both of these situations for Justin Fields and Chase Claypool? Well, you know, Claypool, you know, he's so talented and mm-hmm. you know, I know the winning win loss record aren't in his favor. I think he's 20 what 5 and 24 as a starter. So, you know, you can't just say, but I mean, the Bears as a team, uh, you know, there's a lot that goes into his development and they yeah. brought Claypool in to be a guy that can help him. You know, in the trade they got DJ Moore uh, you know, when they gave Pan- the Panthers the number one pick to like Bryce Young, and they got Darnell Mooney. Uh, you know, and then with Claypool, you know, he, he's, you know, there's a reason why, you know, the Steelers let him go. And, uh, you know, and I, I think those those uh, characteristics that led him to be, you know, traded out of Pittsburgh last year, some of the things that are, um, I guess, you know, showing up in Chicago. I, I, I know I saw times where they weren't by any stretch of the imagination arguments or, you know, uh, you know, but uh, I, I, I do remember last year, um, you know, a couple of times Claypool in practice or, you know, uh, just, just, you know, just not letting things die and just, the, you know, the mouth would just continue and continue and continue. And I just took it as he, he just doesn't take good to coaching. And, you know, he's a competitor. It wasn't any question that he was competing but I think there has to be a point where you know you have to take coaching into that, and you know also be a competitor at the same time. You just can't let your emotions go. And we saw that on the field with Pittsburgh several times, where you know his emotions would get the best of him on big plays. He would make foolish, you know, taunting fouls and personal fouls and all those type of things that you know when you're trying to be a professional, they don't register well. And I think. I don't know this, but that if I had to, you know, for my opinion from what I've gathered of covering Chase Claypool over the years, um, that's probably what's coming out in Chicago, I, I would say, but I don't know. 
this Sunday. You will be at the game at Acrisure Stadium in Pittsburgh. Steelers hosting the Ravens, AFC North battle, and Steelers 2-2, two and two, but it's a fragile 2-2 two and two against the 3-1 and one Ravens. There's better 3-1s out in the league, but they are 3-1. and one. This one will be, it feels like, first team to 17 wins. Hey, yeah, I... But you know, Brett, I, this the Steelers. Uh, you know, I, you know the Forty ers came in there week one, and they they really you know they put a smackdown on them. And you're like, okay, this is one of the best teams in the league. They rebound against Cleveland. They get by the Raiders, and then they go to the Texans and they get embarrassed again. That's two games out of four where they've been beaten thirty to six or thirty to thirteen, and that's not Steelers football. Uh, you know, you, you got to say how many magic, you know, tricks can Tomlin do that, you know, and we, we know his magic right when they seem like they're at their direst straits and they have no way to get out. Tomlin can coach his team back to a win. I'm not, I'm not convinced. I, I have to see it. And uh, granted, he'll usually do it. And, you know, we'll talk next Tuesday and they will, they'll win 17 to 16 in an ugly AFC North battle. But right now, the Ravens, Lamar Jackson's playing at an MVP level, and uh, their defense is playing very, very well. And right now, the Steelers, you, you know, there's nothing really you look at them and say they're doing this well or they're doing that well. They can't run the ball. They can't pass the mm. ball. C.J. Stroud really took a, uh, you know, they, you know. Can't they, protect they scored, picket. Uh, yeah, 451 offense by the Texans against that defense. No Laramie Tunsil. Um, his backup tackle, Josh Jones, was out. So they're playing with a third-string tackle on the left side with the likes of Highsmith and Watt, and they can't disrupt a rookie quarterback. So uh, a lot of soul-searching, I think, on the south side of Pittsburgh as they uh, approach Week 5 before the Week 6 bye week. Uh, what is uh, the update on Kenny Pickett's injury? Is he going to be good to go this week, or, or is he going to be out for a little bit? Well, Tomlin said today that he, he'll be able to maybe you know get on the field tomorrow. I, I don't know the extent of you know, how much he'll practice, and uh, I'll be down there at the facility on Thursday and, uh, you know, and find out if he's actually going through the motions and, and seeing if he's getting any reps under center. So, uh, you know, they, they avoided a, a big injury, you know, and, and they want to, you know, put all their eggs in the basket of Kenny Pickett. But, right. you know, I, 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 right now, the way the team's playing, you know, I don't really think there's a, a setback if Pickett was under center or Mitchell Trubisky. They're just not a very good football team offensively. So, uh you know, you want Pickett to be there because he's the young guy and you want to develop him. But in terms of wins and losses, right now, I don't, I don't think there's anybody on the roster under center that can kind of just miraculously get this team to play that much better. Yeah, I think you're right on that one. It's uh, been kind of tough to watch at times for the Steelers. But, uh, Bo, thanks so much for joining us. I'm really excited for this week and another international game on Sunday morning, so it'll be another bright and early On NFL Network. Yeah, on NFL Network. So uh, enjoy this weekend. We'll do it again next week. Yes, sir. And Brett, keep Baker Mayfield out of trouble if you see him. You you got it. Bo, enjoy enjoy the week, okay? Thanks, Bo. Yes, sir. You as well. Stay safe, guys. You got it. Thank you. Bo Marchant talking NFL with us every week. And this hour brought to you every day by our good friends at Hewlett and Dunn, Boot and Gene on the historic square in Collierville since 1961. And I promise you, you go in there and you will make friends and you will enjoy the shopping experience. Charles Hall, he started working there in his teens. He fell in love with it. And now with his wife, Laura, they own the place known for all the boots, but so much more. Clothing, accessories, and a cap for any team for any season, and all the different clothes you can get there. It's it's not 
it's not just Western wear and boots, but they've got those. Work boots, safety toe, soft toe, rubber boots, boots for every occasion at Hewlett and Dunn. You see them at all the tailgate spots. You see them at around town from head to toe. They have you covered with every brand imaginable. Anderson Bean, Dan Post, area, whether for men or women, they have it. And it's not just the boots. Men's and women's clothing, jeans, pants, shirts, shorts, outerwear, and the best duck head collection you'll find. Charles and Laura Hall invite you to 111 North Center Street on the square in Collierville or to HewittDunn.com. And they also have the accessories, hats, sunglasses, boot care products in every area, team snapbacks and cool hats that you can think of for the Tigers, Mississippi State, UT, Ole Miss, or the Razorbacks. They've got you covered. And for travel, their bag selection is top-notch. HewittDunn.com, but please visit and say hello at 111 Center Street on the square in Collierville at Hewlett and Dunn. Brett, uh, we talked a, a lot about how I heard multiple people, uh, not just people I was with yesterday, but also on social media talking about how bad of a Monday night football game that was last night between the Seahawks and the Giants. Looking ahead to this weekend, I think we're going to get a lot more of that Thursday night when we get the Bears and the Commanders on Prime Video. Yeah, we we will, but I, I I wish people would remember it is football season. Not every uh-huh. one of them are stellar. We're gonna get some clunkers. If that was the opening night game of the year, heck, if that was the first <laughs> preseason game, oh, man. we'd be looking so forward to uh-huh. it. But the 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 Bears are 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 as bad as maybe ever. Yeah, and and I I I I, I love Justin Fields. I I don't I don't think he. He was put in a good position, but how long can he kind of hide under that? I mean, at some mm. point, he's got to show that, that that he he's got a little something. Now it's it's really hard to show it with with, with that team, but the maybe the Bears are just trying to with Eberflus, and they're just trying to get everything right from when they head to the suburbs <laughs> from Soldier Field to the to the Dome Stadium. I, I, but it, it looks like it's going to be bad a while. Yeah, I mean, it's already bad this year. It looks like it's not getting any better. But for the Commanders, I have been uh, a little impressed. I mean, Sam Howell looks like a, uh, looks like a quarterback that could stick around for the, for the future. Often, I, I know in, in the pros, they don't, they don't hand this out like, like they do in Little It's a great award at Little Rock for the assistant coach of the year. Okay. Early assistant coach of the year in the NFL, Eric Bieniemy. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, and and especially after you know, in the summertime where he was kind of hurting their feelings and they didn't want to be coached that hard, he he's got that offense going pretty good. And I love Washington's defensive front. Oh yeah, no, I mean, look, Washington might only be two and two right now, but they've been impressive uh, all four weeks of the season. They have getting close to the dinner hour, whether it's for any meal, breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and it's such a great, great lunch spot. I, sometimes I, I, I fail in not telling everybody more about Jason's Deli at dinner time. I mean, like, like right now, you're thinking about, you know, maybe leaving, leaving work, gonna pick up some food to take back home where where nobody has to mess with with cooking. Well, you can do it at Jason's Deli, whether it's to dine in, to go, or delivery. Wholesome food forever. It's a family thing at Jason's Deli and all these great locations, one near you, wherever you are right now, in traffic trying to get home. A location at Ridgeway Road, Poplar and Highland, Olive Branch, and Cordova. Healthy, first franchise in the nation to be trans fat free. And it's all about choice at Jason's Deli, regardless if you seek a gluten-free menu or, or 
our vegetarian sandwiches, healthy kids' meals, or if you'd like to invent your sandwich via the Build Your Own, you will be delighted at Jason's Deli and all that great food that's good and good for you, like the Mesa's chicken salad, the chicken club salad, the nutty mixed-up salad, my favorite, the taco salad, and coming soon. When you see that weather forecast this weekend, a lot of people like me wait for a little cooler weather before we get into the soup season. Soup's year-round at Jason's Deli, though, if you want it. But I, I need it to get a little bit cooler for me to dive into the chili, and I will. Whether you get a bowl or a cup, you will love it at Jason's Deli. All the all the soups like the fire-roasted tortilla, organic vegetable, tomato basil, uh, the broccoli cheese. Something just as simple as the chicken noodle, so good at Jason's Deli with all these locations, one near you. Plenty of organic food to choose from and a staple at every location. The great salad bar. Over 30 items to choose from. You can prepare it however you would like. Catering anytime, anywhere, and the complimentary ice cream at Ridgeway Road, Poplar and Highland, Olive Branch, and Cordova. Check them out online as well at jasonsdeli.com. Let's get to a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about what's trending. We are Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Boot & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Brian Jacobs. Welcome back into Sports Time. Brian and Brett with you for about 30 more minutes as we wrap up today's show. And Brett, you, you brought it up last week about this stretch we're about to go on of consecutive days uh, with football, whether it be college football or NFL. And I'm just happy that today, the one day this week that we don't have any football, we've got all this baseball to watch. The start of the postseason for Major League Baseball. Uh, we've only got one game going on right now. The first one uh, is in the books. The Rangers jump all over the Rays in the first game of the day. 4 nothing. the final score. The Rays uh, finish with four errors in that game to give the Rangers just a, a great opportunity to go up one nothing in that series. Right now, bottom of the six uh, between the Twins and the Blue Jays. Uh, it was all Twins early. They're up 3-1. Blue Jays just got their first run uh, in the top of the sixth inning. So uh, Twins kind of in control right now. Blue Jays looking for a comeback. But we talked earlier, Brett, You know, w- with these uh, best-of-three series, for a-, a team like Tampa Bay, I mean, now at home, after the stellar start to the season they had, they're now backs against the walls tomorrow. No, no, no question it is. I mean, they're on their heels and this is a 99 win team that's won a lot of games the last few years. Maybe the best body of work done by any manager over the last three, four years has been by Kevin Cash, who is Mm -hmm. now, I I think he has a senior status with the Terry Francona retirement. He he does. Kevin Cash will, will be the longest serving Manager hired in 2014, and he's been good year in and year out. And here's some hot take artistry you're going to get starting tomorrow if the Rays get eliminated. Okay. Built for the regular season. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I love that. Built for the regular season. What's wrong? Uh Uh-huh. 
Yeah, Not built and, for the postseason. I mean, and the thing about it, all, all the the hot take artistry of that, not a single soul in July or August are saying, "Yeah, this team's doing nothing in the postseason because it's only built for the the regular season." Right. right. I mean, nobody says n- it. Nobody's saying that. It's, they it's they after wait till they get after eliminated. the fact to That's say right. it. That's right. Yeah, which is you know really easy to do then. And, and I, I I know who the hot take artist is that will say that and will say North American. Ryder Cup team. Who's that? Punter. Uh, no, the punter won't be saying anything about baseball because he he does not watch baseball. I I heard them. Oh, does he not? Oh no, I heard them rolling through the teams and stuff, and he was like, "Well, where are the makes Yankees? me dislike him even oh, more." Oh yeah, he, where are the Yankees? Where are the where are the Mets? Where where are these teams? And they were like, "Oh no, they're punter. they're terrible this year." So he he's not. Well, we like baseball. Oh, we love and we baseball. both picked Tampa Bay, and they're they're already behind, and we both picked Toronto, and they're losing. Yeah, it's a rough That's start our for our picks. Here. I mean, good lord, don't don't fade us, or I mean, don't trail us, fade us if mm-hmm. you're uh, if you're going to the books for some of these series. For, for the Tampa Bay Rays, with that lost day, they're now twenty eight and thirty five all time in the postseason. They have the two World Series losses. They've been to two World Series. Wow. Uh, they've they've played of the of the current teams. They played eleven. Of the 29 potential opponents they, they could have. Texas 0-2 all time in World Series. One I was, I was at, at for all four games in St. Louis. They're 22 and 31 now all time in the postseason with that win. They've only faced seven of the teams in Major League Baseball all time in the postseason. Minnesota 1-2 all time, or 2-1 and one rather all time in World Series. They won in 87 and 91, lost in 65. To the Dodgers in Sandy Koufax, uh, 23 and 45 all time in playoffs. And they have faced 10 teams of, of, that makes up baseball. Toronto, 2 and 0 in World Series, went it back to back 92, 93 and 31 and 34 all time in, in playoffs for them. And they have faced 11 different teams all time. Wow! In their in 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 their existence, Arizona one and zero with the shocker, and it was a yep. shocker. And not only do they beat the Yankees in the nine eleven fall, they got to Mariano Rivera. It should count Crazy. quadruple for getting to him in late innings. Uh, that's when he always pitched to get to him when he came in. They're eighteen and twenty two all time in the postseason. Only faced you know a, a really thin resume. Only faced. Eight. Milwaukee, it's interesting for them because they have some American League teams uh, when they were in the American League that they faced, like Yankees and Angels. They're 0-1 all-time in World Series. That was to the 82 Cardinals, 21-28 and in the postseason, having faced nine teams. The oddest resume, <laughs> the Marlins. Oh, man. 2-0 in World Series play. Never won a division. It's always been as a wild card. That's crazy. 24 and 14 in the postseason, but only face five different teams. Really? Yeah. I, now, that is hard to believe. Well, six. I'm sorry. It's six. Still, I don't with, care with, if it's five with, or playing, six. You got. I, I had to add on Philadelphia. Right. That's, I mean, still, five that or they were six, that's, that's crazy that they've I mean, played so few opponents. San Francisco, Atlanta, Cleveland, that was the World Series. Cubs, Yankees, a World Series, and Philadelphia. The Phillies said with Greg, 60 and 60 in their all-time playoff appearances. 
They're two and six in World Series, and they last won it in 2008 and won it in 1980 when Greg was in college. Fifteen different teams faced, including in the World Series, way back against the Red Sox and against the Yankees, and and the World Series that they that they won against Kansas City, and World Series that they also they 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 lost to the Yankees. Well, I, it seems like a lot of. Uh... I shouldn't say a lot. There's some young faces in this, uh, in terms of teams in, in this uh, in this playoffs. Teams that have kind of been a been a couple of years, but, but since they've gone, it's I mean, different. It's different. I'm looking it's at the, a different makeup. The D-backs, the Rangers, the uh, the Orioles, Rays. who aren't playing this year. The Rays. I mean, there's some there's some fresh faces. Um, and I, I mean, I'm really excited. These that first game. With the Rangers kind of pulling the upset in Game One was a shocker. What the Twins are doing while they were favorites in this game, I'm kind of uh, impressed with, and, and I'm I'm really excited for these last two games. I mean, I want to see what this D-backs team can do. A very young team uh, in terms of the talent that they play with, and so I want to see you know first game and kind of under the big lights. How do they how do they come up come out and 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 uh, kind of show out in, in Game One? And and for. Texas that now leads 1-0 in that. They only need yeah. one more to, to move on to the LDS. They've never won it playing Tampa Bay that's never won it either. Yeah, so it, it's going to be a, uh, a a lot of fun this week. And, hey, uh, afternoon baseball. I was going to say day baseball, but I don't think it necessarily counts for day baseball when the first game starts at 2 o'clock, and it could have been starting at 11 o'clock. What's the schedule for Friday if we have every game going? I'm trying to find that now. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, it would be for Thursday, Thursday. in, 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 in it, game three. It would be for Thursday. Right, it would be the exact same. I mean, it's... It, it's, it is the same thing. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so I hope you enjoy 2 o'clock starts because that's what you're getting for the next couple of days. I wanted 11 o'clock starts, but I am enjoying it on. And it, you know, that, that the last game goes uh, starts tonight at 7.08. So, yeah. if, you know, if it's a... Three hour game, you know, that's that, that's still ten o'clock. That's yeah. that's two two oh eight to ten oh eight of baseball day. I'll mm-hmm. take it. Uh, hey, I'll take it. I'll take postseason baseball any way I can get it. I'll take it. Um, Brett, I'm curious uh, as we got a couple minutes here before um, we we get to our next break. Um, after kind of a, a full day of 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 Grizzlies media day, what well, what were your biggest takeaways as we kind of get ready for the preseason? I, I liked optimism around the team, uh, it, it, and I, I was told by a Grizzlies official they've never had this many tickets sold. Really, th- this early, wow. and I'm not talking about for you know just the you know the pomp and circumstance of open night for the season. Wow, that's it, awesome. It's going to be close to an impossible ticket this year, like we like like we've never seen before, and everybody is is processed. All that's gone on with John Morant. Mm-hmm. And he's going to get back. He's going to be bigger and better than ever. He's going to learn from it. I don't, I don't think this is the end of his career. He sure can't have anything else go wrong. Right. He knows that. And, and I think he's paid a very serious price. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the Grizzlies will, will, will be fine. Now to make it through those games without him. That that's going to be the fun thing. We're we're going to throw out a season win total on opening day. We'll we'll do that 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 the the big number uh-huh. and kind of where we think they'll be seated, and then that number without him in that yeah. first twenty five. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean that's that's the might be the biggest stretch of the season is those that's first twenty five games. Absolutely. I mean, what can they do? And now, I mean, throw into the equation not only John Morant. 
not playing those first 25 games, but now you don't have Tyus Jones, and I know you have Marcus Smart now that will be able to run that that offense. You got Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose, who is is seemingly healthy coming into the season. But I mean, I think you you felt really confident with Tyus Jones. Now you've got a couple new faces. How long does it take them to get acclimated with with some of those other guys in the starting region? So I think a, a ton of storylines through those first 25 games. But you're right. I mean, that's. That's what makes or breaks the season is really how you start uh, the season through those first 25. And opening night will be here really soon. Yeah. It, uh, they, the Grizzlies open they open on a Wednesday night against New Orleans on the 25th. That's four weeks from tomorrow. I say that's only a couple weeks away. I mean, it, and preseason starting on Sunday. I mean, preseason. So that's gonna, three weeks from yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, three weeks for sure. Um, so I mean, we're already in October. It's going to be here before we know it, and we're going to be talking college football, NFL, and basketball, and then right after that, uh, Tigers will start playing. I was shocked today to find out that Student Madness is tomorrow night. I mean, we're we're going to get our first look at the team tomorrow night for the Tigers. I saw at D1 Dockets today, they had like the 342nd schedule revealed out of 361. Who, who's waiting to reveal their I mean, schedule? It's getting a little late I mean, in the you, game. I mean, should, shouldn't you be trying to sell tickets by yeah, now? I mean, what is this, October 3rd? I mean, we're, we're playing a month from today. We're th- balls going in the air. And, and Brian, very similar to kind of how, you know, kind of how untidy May and June can get in college football. And I hope everybody will remember next May and June when we have the ugly story about something, a player's conduct or a coach's conduct or somebody's conduct, that it all gets fixed when they get to the field. We're not talking about any of that garbage right now, are we? No, no, not at all. Just none of it. And and, and with, with the Grizzlies, when the Grizzlies and the Tigers start playing, and and we get a little more resolution on on the, on the stadium funding mm-hmm. that that'll subside the 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 raw feelings will yep. will lessen. Oh, absolutely. When that when that ball goes in the air, we we kind of tend it, to it forget everything. about everything that's that's not happening on mm-hmm. on the court or on the field, which is the the beauty in sports. But let's go ahead and get to our final break of the day. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's show. Talk about crunch time. Add a little fun to your lunch break join johnny radio for sports 56 happy hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on sports 56 and 98.5 fm now back to sports time on sports 56 and 98.5 fm this hour is brought to you by hewlett and dunn good and gene company in collierville here once again are brett norsworthy and bryant dacus Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, so good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three-cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. 
bowl food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brett, what I learned today is you mentioned earlier all the Cardinals around uh, around postseason baseball. We've got one on the mound right now, Hennessy Cabrera uh, taking the mound, uh, getting a strikeout for uh, for Toronto. So. Uh, a lot of, lot of familiar faces, but uh, not that familiar bird in the postseason. So uh, that's uh, that's unfortunate. The only bird not to make the postseason, Orioles and wow. Blue Jays did. Makes me even uh, makes me more sad. I wow, that's that's awful. It really is sad. I learned today it was as ugly behind the scenes at the Ryder Cup in the team room and things like that as we feared. You're. you're yeah. You're trying to make the ultimate individual sport guys play like it's Camp Kia Cup mm-hmm. Dude Ranch yep. for a week, and they're just not built for that. They're not interested in, in doing that or, or, or being that. You know, now the story's about the money. There seems to be a money story every oh year gosh, yeah. around the Ryder Cup. They should be compensated. There's no yep. doubt they should be. They they should not be expected to do anything for free. This is what they do for a living. But now with Xander Shoffley, the story around him, it's getting ugly and it's going to get uglier. We're going to get more and more stories. They just don't want to be around each other. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it's every time. But this, this year seemed like uh, we're starting to get a lot of stories from kind of what was going on behind the scenes. And uh, it's just not a great look for it, the Ryder Cup. T- tell me tell, tell me this. Why, why is the evening times of London having to break all these Ryder Cup stories? Where, where's Golf Digest? Where, where, where's all the question? Where's all the American I mean, writers did, over there? Did we not have reporters over there covering Team USA? I mean, were they were they the only people, the, the European uh, outlets, the only ones that had people over there uh, reporting? I mean, that, you're right. That, that's absolutely crazy. Uh, what I could have done without, I guess I could have gone uh, a couple of different ways with this one, but uh, I'm just going to go. Every time I see something about this, it, uh, it, it just makes me sad. I mean, this Lonzo Ball situation... Um, he was. He talked at uh, at media days yesterday for the Chicago Bulls, and he said he'll definitely play again despite the knee surgeries. And it just seems every single step along the way, you can see how much he wants to be back out there, how much he is trying to get back. I remember a couple uh, a month or so ago when Stephen A. Smith on ESPN made a joke about how he can't even get up or sit down in a chair by himself and he put a video on on Twitter where he was standing up using his good leg just his or excuse me his bad leg just his bad leg standing up and sitting down in a chair trying to prove that I can sit down this knee is is better than than what you think it is but it's just a sad situation I mean the stories the reports coming out a year or so ago saying he can't even jump I mean this guy uh, who was at the top of of the sport coming out of college can't even jump anymore and so it's it's really sad to see I hope he gets back to the point where he's able to play I know it won't be this season but I'm really rooting for Lonzo and, and hoping that he can get back out on the court I am too, and he had to defend himself with this today. He said, I'm 26. Yeah. 26. Comes at you fast, doesn't it? Sure I could have done without this, and I don't think anybody believes this all-shucks act that he goes into. The face of the Los Angeles Lakers, as long as LeBron James is on the team, is arguably either the greatest or the second greatest player to ever play the game. Yep. He is the face of... Of the Los Angeles Lakers, is he trying? Is it transference? Is he trying to put that pressure on Anthony Davis? I don't think so. Don't think and so. he does it in such a 
uh, I, I think shade, false humility, yeah. almost passive aggressive, performative posing way, and, and he does this a lot. He doesn't have to. His stature is out there, but to go into this this whole jive about the the, the face of the late of the Lakers yeah. is Anthony Davis. LeBron James could be eighty years old yes. and still playing, and he's the face of whatever team he's on. Absolutely, he could be sitting on the end of the bench, not play a single game the whole season, and he would still be the face he, of whatever. He's going to be the face of the team when when if and when he and Bronny are teammates. Absolutely, I mean one hundred percent. Where are you beaming tonight? Be me to Philly for Marlins with their 22nd of 30 payrolls <laughs> against the Phillies in their number five payroll. How come all the pinheads love to write about college football coaching payout story <laughs> and they never write about, and all that's done with private donor money, all yeah. that. There's not one, one dime of public money ever in that, but yet these baseball teams and stadiums get all this public money, why don't they dedicate those stories to where'd you spend the money, Steve Cohen? Where'd you spend the money, Steinbrenners? Where'd Uh. you spend the money out in San Diego? Because they all got publicly financed stadiums. Yeah, and uh, uh, they love that college football story. Absolutely. It's it's the best. It's the best. You know what? I think I'm going to beam to Diamondbacks and Brewers, kind of spread it out a little bit. And, uh, you know, you go to the Phillies game, I'll go to the D-backs game. But I really am. I said this earlier, and I absolutely mean it. I want to see what this young Diamondbacks team can do. Kind of the story of the season, what Corbin Carroll has done, probably will be the rookie of the year. I want to see what he can do in his first postseason appearance. Arizona at Milwaukee in about 10 minutes at American Family Field in Milwaukee with Brandon Fat. P-F-A-A-D-T. It sounds like some sort of uh, government acronym that makes your taxes go up, but he's really the pitcher tonight for Arizona. Yeah, he'll be on the mound tonight. I'm a little worried about it, but then Marlins-Phillies later tonight should also be a a really fun game. Uh, That Marlins team, that that, uh, starting rotation, a little thin, but we'll see uh, what they can do tonight. Jesus Lazardo getting the start for them. But that's all the time we have. Enjoy your night. Enjoy the baseball. We'll talk to you again tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock.